Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined by Matt this week. Hello, hello, hello. It's It's been a long week, hasn't it, since I, I remember <laughs> seven days ago when I said we've got another podcast for next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's um, slightly, slightly, ever so slightly later than build. And also we're not a full team. We were hoping to be a, a full team on the next um, podcast, but... Real life is keeps rearing its head and getting in the way of, of fun hobby related things. It's not fair, Matt. It's not fair. The, 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 de- the dedicated hardcore is a hero, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got quite a bit to catch up on this week. Mainly, I mean, I know it was a couple of weeks ago, but we have got to chat about the last preview show that we saw, Matt, because, oh, my days, there was some really cool stuff in that. There was, and we haven't really had a chance to uh, offload and talk about them yet, have we? No, absolutely not. We were saving it all for the podcast, so we're absolutely absolutely going to be covering that as our main segment this week. Uh, Not only that, um, we have got this week's top three, which is going to be looking at our top three reveals from the preview show, and we do also have all the community picks. Thanks, everybody, for sending them in a good couple of weeks ago now but we've kept them we've got them we're going to read them out towards the end of the show um we've also got all the latest news as well because there has been a few other bits since the preview which uh, i think you've jotted down yeah there has um and i think we've got quite a a, a chunky hobby update section um which you know will become uh clear why that is in, in in a few moments um so yeah we've got we've got quite a big quite a big show I uh, know Jay or Andy, but hopefully they'll be with us for the next one. So let's kick straight into um, to those hobby updates. And uh, Matt, do you want to do you want to lead the way? What have you been up to? I I I have been painting until I go blind, Dave. <laughs> it has been a busy a busy few weeks. So um, where to start? I think the Cities of Sigma is a good one. So the the Cities of Sigma release, they are currently they might even be out now. I believe they are out now. And um, yeah, they had an absolutely gorgeous wave two of models that Games Witcher very kindly sent us to uh, to review. And I've had a whale of a time working on those, Dave. They look amazing, Matt. They look so good. I've um, I've been so tempted to uh, to to get some of these. And I noticed that the the model of the month uh, in local GW stores is actually one of their the the free guild help, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I yeah uh, I might pop in at the weekend and pick one up just to have a. A paint um the more i look at them the, the more i love them in particular um and i'm hope, hoping you're going to tell me it's it's an amazing model and i can't remember a name the the big centerpiece model with Ta- the talia talia the, the lioness of the parch yeah that's one with so the lion like comes the, scorpion. Uh, the commander of the armies she's got a cool ability that while she's in combat she can give a rally order on a four plus as well so oh, yeah nice. she's she's pretty cool uh, the model's amazing dave it's really, it's so I've I painted up Pontifax Zenestra first. So she's the like priestess of the cult of the wheel. They mm-hmm. worship the wheel in all its holy glory. And she's been carried along in a palanquin by her two followers. That's a really, really cool model. Though it took me way longer than I expected it to because it's one of those models that you've got to build in like a million sub assemblies uh, and then put together just yeah. because you've got the, the two guys and the carry and the thing and then she's on there. And then the previous religious leader, the corpse of, is on the back of the shrine. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so that was a really, really fun model to paint. Um, but the the uh, manticore is beautiful. I mean, they're all they're all really really nice models. So, got Pontif- Pontifax done for the uh, review, and I'm currently working on the uh, the manticore. So, I have nice. some pictures up on on uh, Twitter as I'm going through them. 
The really exciting model, though, is um, one of the new boxes that came out alongside Dawnbringers 3. I think by the time you listen to this, it might be out. If not, it's out very nearly. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that is Cryptborn. The, um, the, the, so this is the uh, Lord Relictor, is he? Yep. Um, out of the original uh, Age of Sigma box. So that original Corn versus Stormcast box that came out all those years ago featured a couple of characters who appear in the Dawnbringer story. And he's since disappeared and is now being tasked with his top secret job by Sigma. And um, he spent quite a bit of time in Shaish looking for stuff, trying to find a secret to the... Um, obviously, the Stormcast, every time they get reforged, a little bit of their soul kind of burns away, doesn't it? And yeah. he's trying to find a cure for that. And while he was in Shaish, he made friends with a dragon who is it was in Shaish trying to find the underworld of the dragons, their kind of afterlife, because uh, Nagash is stealing away their souls. Uh, so the two of them have teamed up, and it is an absolutely beautiful model. Uh, yeah, this is absolutely superb. Um, I'm definitely going to pick one of these up at, at some stage. Um, it, it, I, I busted out some um, Stormcaster build purely based on seeing this model. Uh, if it's not a project for this year, it's absolutely going to be something I'm going to have to do next year. Yeah, I mean, the, but if you can get it, I don't know if it's still available, but the big box that's come out for the Dawnbringers, which contains him and two of the dragons, the um, Storm Drake Guard. The box is £100. The Storm Drake Guard is £75 alone. So you're getting the, a big character mounted on a dragon for 25 quid, which mm. seems a bargain. So, yeah, really, really nice model. Uh, also, it's if you want to see it, check out the website. But it's also from Warhammer Community as well. It managed to sneak up there as well with the Community nice. Painter article, which was really fun. So, yeah, other than that, I've been building a load of Dark Elves, Ooh. Yeah, do, do, old school Dark Elves, Dave, because um, I, I'm on a bit of an old world vibe and I want to do some of the supported armies once the game's running properly. But I thought it'd be quite nice to have some of the unsupported, quote marks, armies mm-hmm. built up so we can do some battle reports and play some games with them. They, they, you know, they, they are going to get full rules. They are going to get PDF and everything with all that stuff in. They're not going to get new models during the course of this first wave of old world releases but that's not necessarily the end of the world we went years with them um, some armies not getting models back during the old world didn't we yeah yeah we did so and i know um, you've been sat on these for a while matt i know you've been tempted for some time to get these built i have and i bought them specifically for the old world so i've been building them and they're still really nice models mm. i've got some orcs and goblins that i want to do and some beasts i basically I'm going to do all the bad guys that's my plan <laughs> for the old world do all the bad guys so uh, i've also got an ogre army that some of which i'm going to rebase as well excellent back onto squares so yeah i've been kind of prepping for the old world because as we'll see later in the uh, show we're not too far off away from that no we're not it's, it's it's very much creeping up on us so how about you dave what have you been working on so um it's been a bit quieter on the old review front for for myself i think actually since the last podcast even though it was a couple of weeks ago i don't think i've had any shall we call it spruce and bruise business uh to to do um however um, what it has meant, uh, and, and and fans of the podcast will know, for a long time I've been wanting to make a start on my word bearers for Horus Heresy. Well, it has begun, Matt. The Ooh. the mass assembly of word bearers has begun. Um, I've been building Mark 
Uh, what's the mark that comes with the Age of Darkness box? Mark six. Mark six in the Age of Darkness box, yeah. So I've been building Mark six armor, I've been building Mark three armor, and I've got um, ten Chaos Space Green Possessed to build, which I'm going to be using as the Galvorback. They're, on my, they're the next things that I need to, to assemble. The idea here is get everything built and then have a mass spraying session because the way i'm going to be doing these is i'm going to be spraying them all black and i'm going to be spraying them all um ruinous red from um color forge um and then obviously I'll, I'll i'll take each unit by unit then and get them painted so i want to get them all completely built first and then i'll, I'll get on the, the paint train but i can't wait to um to actually start painting uh, these guys uh, and i'm really looking forward to um i think we're, we're, we've got it jotted in the diary for for your birthday, sir, at the end of the year, we're going to be have, yeah. heading up to Warhammer World and throwing down in a massive Horus Heresy game. So if I can get them all painted by then, it's a bit of a challenge, but um, I'm hoping that I can I can achieve it. Here's, oh, you'll absolutely get them done. You'll get them done. Another thing that I was working on, in fact, you, you jogged my memory with the Mark III, the uh, Legion of Starties Battle Box. Uh, yes. Heresy. So yeah. I painted um, the new Mark Threes for the review, and they're really nice kits. I know mm. they're a bit marmite. Some people don't like them, but I I really really like these kits. I um, the Radio Dreadnought as well. It's cool. I prefer the Mark Three armor, if I'm honest, compared to the the Mark Six. I mean, the Mark Six that I built, I've actually got um, the special heads for the word bearers. Um, so they kind of, you know, they're pretty cool. But I, yeah, I do prefer the, the Mark III. They actually, Matt, they they tempted me to um, do an Iron Warriors army next year. Did they? I may, I may have said, I may have said in our private chat that although I've been looking at a loyalist army, so I've got a loyalist and a and a traitor. I'm really tempted to see Iron Warriors as a second traitor force instead of another loyalist. But we'll but see. Mark III Iron Warriors would look really good as well. Oh, they look. You don't need to tell me, Matt. I, they would look amazing, uh, and it'd be a really good excuse to get loads of the tanks as well. Because I, I love loads of the um, heresy tanks and stuff. Mm. So, uh, and Perturabo is a fantastic um, Primark model as well. So we'll see. I mean, I've got to get the word bearers done first. So um, that's that's all for for sort of next year. And um, so that's really been taking up um, my my time at the moment. Uh, I'm actually trying to think if there's anything else. Hobby wise, there is. There's um, a big one, a big one that you missed, Dave. We we went to the Warhammer Forty Thousand. Of course, yes, out. yes. That's what I was. I was going to move on to that next. So yeah, we did. Um, myself, um, you, Matt, uh, Jay came along, and uh, Stacy as well. Um, Stacy, I think, was carrying the team. To be fair, yes, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was um, a fantastic two day tournament. Five games across those two days. Um, you had like a, a drafting system where you you know your your teams are kind of talk about what lists you've got, and then you had like a card system where you know you put an army down, and then who wanted to face it and stuff, um, which was pretty cool. Although you kind of found a, a better way of slightly doing it in that you kind of we'd ask the opponent, you know, is, is there a particular matchup that you're looking forward to, and maybe slightly push the result in that favour, but for the yeah, most part, so it's a drafting I think system. Obviously, for the top tables, we went on the top tables. For the top tables, yeah. the drafting system makes it quite exciting, because you can't guarantee who you're playing. We were, we were, I think, we were on the bottom table from game two onwards. We were. Um, which was great, because we could leave all our models on that table, and they lived there, and we didn't have to move them far. Um, and we, we, we found that a lot, you know, if we found an opponent, and like, okay, what matchups would you like to see? Ooh, guard versus orcs, that's nice and thematic. Demons versus Eldar. And mm. we we kind of 
tailored it that way. It was really, really good for, for, for an event. I mean, I won three games, I think, over the weekend. You did. Um, the rest of you weren't quite so lucky. No, Jay won two drew, and drew one. Um, but Sally, myself and Stacey, we, we lost all of ours. I think we had a few close calls. I know in particular... My last game, I was fighting an absolutely gorgeous White Scars army. Honestly, like, it blew me away. Um, and coming into turn four, I think there was a point in it, Matt. Um, and then we'd both been treated to good hands on the cards, but turn four let me down a little bit. Um, and uh, and sadly, I, I just fell enough behind that going into turn five, even though I'd pr- I, all he had left was um a chaplain on bike that's all he had left at the end of the game and i i still probably had half my tanks um he, he beat he beat me on points his maneuverability um outdid me i should really say what what we took i mean i i took a pretty much a full tank company um aside from a chimera which had a, a unit of uh, kasakin and um uh, boris the demon puncher horace the cadian castellan that could uh, attached to that unit um what i found i mean I, I don't get me wrong i absolutely loved the weekend um i've not really practiced this list i mean we'd had a few games but not with a full tank list it was a little bit difficult for me because with this new edition of the game there seems to be or it feels like there's an increase in scenery and what that meant for me so i think is every also from like an events point of view was the, it the official kind of like the, yeah. the events pack pushes dense scenery where if we're playing a narrative battle we'd probably make the board look nice but still have enough space for units to go through so yeah. i think you ended up with a bit of a car park didn't you yeah turn deployment for me was basically what i wanted to be up in front and then a queue of tanks behind them so i was a little bit hamstrung and and the problem with my army as well is i have got a lot of firepower but if the dice uh, run away from me for just one or two tanks it can heavily impede my game and then on top of that obviously you've got your tactical objectives not a lot of those kind of favor a tank army i was uh, the entire weekend toying with switching to uh fix which is not something i normally play with um but i didn't feel like i could score enough on any of the fixed objectives um that, that were available from the deck so uh, yeah, I, I struggled a little bit, but look, it was it was amazing. I mean, one of the highlights for me, oh, it wasn't it wasn't really a highlight, I suppose. But my um, during game, I think it was game three, I fought a very um, wraith knight heavy Eldar army, so that he had three wraith knights, he had um, an avatar of Cain, and he had a war walker, and um, he managed to blow up my shadow sword, which then did a whole bunch of damage to all my other like most of my other tanks and then in the same turn he managed to kill my rogal dawn which then exploded and took the final wounds <laughs> off my tank commander that was part next to him so yeah it was quite an explosive game that one um, but still a, a lot of fun i mean what, what did you take along that well i i brought all the greater demons basically so i uh, demons are pretty good in this edition with their teleporting shenanigans and and ways to evade shooting so i had bellacor Two Lords of Change, one of which with the Relic Staff, um, a Bloodthirst with the Relic Axe, a Great Unclean one with the Relic, Feel No Pain, You're Not Getting Me Off This Objective, and then a Keeper of Secrets, a Base of Nurglings, and some Juggernauts of Corn. And I had a whale of a time. It was a fun list to play, and it actually did really well. I think it's worth pointing out that we 
we don't tend to do kind of like grand tournament style events. And this one was, like, you know, a, 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 a traditional kind of tournament format rather than throwing the scores that we normally do. But I, I, I felt the list worked and I had great fun using it. It's all your eggs are in one basket, aren't they? Because if, if you lose a couple of demons a turn, then you're kind of knackered. But with Bellacore's kind of aura that he's got where I can just dance out of people's shooting, made it really fun to play with. Yeah, it was it was a really fun um, demon list, Matt. I mean, you could tell you've um, had plenty of practice with me. Um, and, you know, getting free wins as well is is absolutely amazing. Um, it kind of um, it got me looking at Chaos Armies again. I, I probably wouldn't build an army similar to yours, but I do like those Lord of Changes. And they're really good in the new edition, aren't they, with their shooting attacks? With their uber-sustained hits last kind of Nerve Doom, yeah. Nine shots, sustained hits, D3, strength. I think you can get them to 11 or 12 with the relic. D3 damage each. They're pretty good. So, yeah, all in all, it was it was a fantastic event. Um, I think Stacey enjoyed using the, the Eldari, Matt. She did. So, so Stacey predominantly plays Age of Sigma. She's got her own Sylvanith army. So it was a little bit harder for her because she was... Basically, we had to scavenge together an army from Jay's mm. Eldar. She really likes the Eldar. I think she'd have preferred to be able to like use her own army because... yeah. You know, it's, it's a, the creative element's a big part of the game, isn't it? And painting them yourself. And, and you know what? I completely get that because um, obviously not this tournament, but the tournament before we did doubles, didn't we? And I took along mm. your Chaos Space Marines and I had fun, but there is something for playing with the army that you built and painted. Yeah, so she's been doing she's been doing armies on parade this year and has managed to paint up two thousand points of Sylvaneth over the course of the year, which is amazing. Um, so I think she's thinking of doing armies on parade next year of an Eldar army. So maybe this time next year we'll do another event and she'll have her own force, which would be cool. Amazing. Um, so yeah, it was it was a great event. Um, like you said, a bit more competitive than ones that that we you know used to, but um, was still an awful lot of fun. Um, I think really our, our next kind of um, event battle is battle challenge. Battle challenge. Yeah, I'm not sure what to call it. Um, we've been um, invited down to take on the Warhammer events team uh, at yeah. their own game, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we get on. Uh, yeah, so so there's been talk of a long time of Sprues and Brews versus the events team and uh, all the guys. I think have managed to get a rare Saturday off, and uh, yeah, I think we can have some. I think we do some some fun thousand point doubles, aren't we? Like, yeah, randomly, randomly the drawn. Game, Age of mm. Sigma or forty k, then randomly draw your partner. I think that'd be good fun. What are you thinking of taking? So I so. So I'm thinking of me and Stacey are doing the um, the AOS doubles in January or February next year, the Throne of Skulls, uh, and I'm thinking of taking Slanesh for that. So I might bring my head knights to Slanesh for some practice. Nice uh, for that, and then for 40k, I don't know. I I I, I slipped today and ordered <laughs> the um, Mechanicum Manipulus box, the Christmas box from last year. Okay. Because I don't think I don't think the mechanic have necessarily been in the most competitive place, and as such, this box has kind of sat on shelves for a while, hasn't it? Mm. Um, but I really like them. I used to have a mechanic army, and I, I sold them a while ago, and regret doing so. So I've ordered that, and I think I can put together a thousand points of mechanicum to kind of test the water with them, and then I can add some cool stuff like the ornocopters and stuff. Mm. Excellent. 
yeah, they should. They sound like some good, uh, some good armies. I'm, personally, I, th- I think I'm going to be bringing along um, the Necrons for 40k. Mm. Um, hopefully, we'll have the the new book by then because it's, it's still um, it's still a few weeks away before we, we we take on the event scene. So I'm hoping I've got that in my hands before then. Um, for AOS, this is where I had the difficulty. Really, Ooh. I think if we'd have had more time, I'd have been tempted to bring along. Uh, honestly, Matt, I've been. I've been going through Age of Sigmar Battle Tomes. I've been looking at <laughs> Fire Slayers. I've been looking at Stormcast. Um, I've been looking at Ogres. I've been looking at Chaos. Um, but obviously with with time, you know, time and wanting to concentrate on the word barriers, I'm probably going to bring something I've painted. So it's either going to be the Aurochs or I'm very tempted to bring some Assassin Heavy Skaven. So cool. I think yeah, I think that's where I'm heading at the moment. Um, so unbelievably, I'm planning on going to an event where I've actually don't have to paint anything. So that's amazing. Um, so yeah, looking looking forward to that. Well, that was a, a fairly sizable hobby update section. You can tell we've had a few weeks off, um, but that is not all of this week's episode because we've got plenty to get through. So we'll be right back. <laughs> So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, we've got a, a, quite a jam-packed news section. Obviously, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on, and a lot has happened in that time. Now, so we're going to chat about the preview stuff separately and any kind of preview-adjacent stuff, because there's a load we can get our teeth into there. But, uh, yeah, there's been some interesting stuff. First of all, um, we're talking about events at Warhammer World. The next batch of global events have been announced, one of which is the Grand Narrative. Now, we were lucky enough to recently chat to the global events team, weren't we, Dave, about this? And it sounds amazing. Yeah, it does. So basically, it's a big big narrative event with... I I can't share too much about it because there's a lot of secrets still in there. But there's some stuff that just sounds ridiculously amazing that i'd love to see them do it events in the uk i'd love to see something like this i know the the uh, steve and the guys do some really amazing narrative events within warhammer world but i guess you're a little bit confined by the size of the venue aren't you where this is a big you know hotel based event with lots of rooms and lots of stuff going on mm. so that is on the 16th of november and lasts for three days so really really looking forward to seeing that um and I believe there's also like a, a proper world championship as well and all sorts of cool stuff. Obviously, that's over in the States. So I think next year, I, I wonder if we could sort out a bit of a Spruce and Bruise road trip to a to a US event. Oh, I think that'd man. be really good. That'd be epic. You know, maybe we need to look in the diary and get that in early. Um, but closer to home, uh, the next batch of February events have been announced for Warhammer World. And um, these go on sale on Monday the 6th. So I'll be... Uh, refreshing my browser to try and order some of these because there's some cool ones coming uh, first of which on thursday the 1st of february a one day horus heresy event 1500 points three games 20 pounds dave do you think this might be your first heresy event i've got it booked off matt um, and there is a bit of a, a work caveat but yes i have technically got it booked off <laughs> amazing so do you, what would you do bring your um your, your word, word bearers. bearers along absolutely yeah so obviously 1500 points you're leaving some of your you're leaving logar at home but uh i've got plenty of other things that i could bring instead i think i could make quite a good 1500 point list and the cool thing with that the smaller games it is 
more casual rather than a, like a grand tournament kind of format. Mm. And also one of the core things that they've introduced for these weekday events as well are painting competitions where everybody can enter. So oh. the events pack will normally have a category of model. So in this one, it's characters. So you can bring any character from any army. It doesn't have to be in the army that you're playing. And you put that in the cabinet and they get voted on during the lunchtime. Nice. That's cool. And that's a really nice way of doing it, isn't it? That's a way for Logar to come along, even though he can't take part. Exactly, yeah. I'm, you know <laughs> what? You know what? I might bring Fulgrim more on that soon. Yeah, um, nice. So we've also got a Warcry one-day event on the 10th of Feb. There is a Blood Bowl one-day event on the 11th of Feb. Um, and then there's the 40k Grand Tournament on the 17th and the 18th. So this is your traditional Grand Tournament format where you can win a golden ticket and be invited to the Grand Finals. Uh, and equally, there's a Middle Earth um event on the 23rd of february 500 points that could be fun mm. i um i quite like that and that's a precursor to the grand tournament on the 24th and the 25th so if you wanted three days of middle earth you could come down to all three of them so yeah that's that sounds really fun there's there's no um no um throne of schools in the schedule and i notice there's a few saturdays missing there as well so i wonder if that's a hint to maybe some kind of uh open day or something in january fingers crossed they, they usually do, do a new year yeah yeah they do so that'd be really cool and obviously we know the old world's coming so i'd love to see something for that so there's a few saturdays missing where they could have stuff so fingers crossed that something comes for that um so yeah we also got a little bit of a teaser on warhammer community today of, uh, of an upcoming Age of Sigmar army, Dave. Mm. So there was an intriguing video about a grand feast with all this, you know, bountiful food, but there's occasional flashes that made it look like the foods maybe just like body parts and stuff. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that seems a bit off to me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does seem a little bit off. Who, who, what faction do we know that might be having a grand feast and thinking that they're noble lords and ladies eating fine delicacies where really they're just eating like steve from down the road oh poor steve poor steve so yeah i, th- I think we we knew that the flesh eater courts were coming and this is confirmation on the way at this point in time i don't know if they're going to be the focus of dawnbringers 4 well spoilers they're going to be the focus of dawnbringers 4 just based on the narrative of dawnbringers 3 uh but i don't know if it's going to be a battle tome and the book i presume so because they're the last um faction without a battle tome aren't they they are yeah so that'd be cool i mean they could do it that they have a battle tome come out then also the rules for the new units in dawnbringers 4 maybe mm-hmm. um i'm sure we'll get more on that as we get it uh moving over to legions imperialis which still has not materialized but hopefully is coming out this year uh we've had a few new kits announced for there too uh, so there's a Land Raider kit which contains Spartans and Proteus Land Raiders in teeny tiny little form, which very much appeals to me. Uh, but also, last time we were chatting, we were talking about drop pods with working doors, Dave. Yeah. They've announced another kit, Dreadnought drop pods, again <laughs> with working doors. Excellent. So you could have an entire drop army, your Dreadnought, your infantry, everything. And they've also announced a new type of drop pod as well, which has got a shield generator that drops down and creates like a, an energy shield. Ooh. Now, could that maybe be a kit that's coming for, um, for, for you know, big scale heresy too? I'd like to think so. Yeah, I mean, if they're doing it for that, then yeah, it'd be great to see that in uh, full scale heresy. 
plastic dreadnought drop pod to stick your new uh, Dorado dreadnought in. Mm. That'd be pretty cool. So yeah, lots of cool stuff coming. Hopefully, we get some more news on that in the near future of a firm release date for it. Um, but Dave, tis the season. And traditionally, every year, we get a whole host of Battle Force boxes. These are the, the Christmas boxes. They're normally between, what, £100 and £150, depending on the year and the contents. Yeah. Uh, I haven't had a chance yet to do the full kind of price comparison, which I'm going to do. But obviously, a missing element is how much the boxes are. So obviously, yeah. that's a, a question mark at the minute, but they tend to be very good value. There's four for Age of Sigmar this year. Uh, mm-hmm. One for the Seraphon which contains a Slam Starmaster, 10 Saurus Warriors, three Croxagore, three Agrigon Lancers, and the Hunters of Huanchi, the um, Warcraft. Mm. That's a pretty good box. The only thing that takes it away from me for this one is that the contents are very similar to the army set. So if you've already got that, you've already got a, a, a Slam, and would you necessarily want two of them in your army? Um... True. I mean, the way I was looking at it is because um, this is one of these. This is one of the boxes I'm interested in. Is mm. I was looking at that and the new Vanguard. Um, if you get this and the new Vanguard, it, it, you don't. The only thing you double up on, I think, is the Soros Warriors, which is which a bad I, thing. Which for me, the, the the army that I would want to build would make perfect sense. And you, you know see, what? That's a good combo, box. isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, oh, I've already looked into this, Matt. Uh, yeah, it's a quite a tempting box that one. Oh, interesting. Okay, so this is one that's on your uh, potential hit list then. Yeah, but there are others. <laughs> there are others. There's another danger. So there's a Osseot Bone Reapers one. This one looks pretty cool as well. You get an Arch Cavalos, um, five Death Riders, 20 Mortet Guard, a Gothasar Harvester, and four Morgasts. Mm-hmm. That seems a pretty solid box to me as well. Yes, yeah, good, good core army there, isn't there? Mm. And again, that combos quite nicely with the the stuff in their Vanguard box. Yeah. Uh, another really nice one, but again, I'm, I'm a bit on the fence of this one. Is the War Horde of Eternus? So this is the Slaves of Darkness one. It contains Eternus, the Blade of the First Prince. You can also just build as a generic Lord on Demonic Mount. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three Ogroids, five Chaos Knights, five Chosen, and ten Chaos Warriors. Yeah, this that is one really those on my radar. <laughs> yeah, but again, a lot of the contents from that one are kind of uh, the same that was in the launch box. You got the Ogroid, you got Ten Chosen, and the Demon Prince in the launch box. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you'd necessarily want 15 of the Chosen, but if you haven't got that launch box, that's a really solid box again, isn't it? It is, is. Yeah. Like points value, that's a lot of points in that box. There is a lot of points in that box. I Yeah, very tempted by this. Um, <laughs> you're probably tempted by the next one as well, Dave. The Vengorian Court, <sighs> which is the, the final Age of Sigmar one. This is for the Grave Lords. It comes with um, a Vengorian Lord, who can also be built as what's the name, Laukavai, the yeah. uh, the named character. You get five Blood Knights in there, which are an amazing kit. Twenty Death Rattle Skeletons, ten Dire Wolves, and three Fell Bats. This is probably my favourite one out of the AOS boxes because. Because of the dual build of um, the Vengorian Lord, two of these you've got, you know, a, a good chunk of a of an army. Now a lot of, a lot of people rate the um, the zombies. I really like the Death Rattle Skeletons myself. Yeah, see, I've I've got a few um, a mix of old and new skeletons already, um, and I've got some um, 
some fell back so this one i i do want to pad out my soul blight army um but i think the other boxes kind of caught my eye a bit more than, okay. than this one um but i do i completely agree with you it's a, it's a great box if i didn't already have some new skeletons I'd probably be more inclined to go for this one above all else because I wouldn't mind some dire wolves. I think you can you can sort of have oh I'm, I haven't got the um, Venkorian Lord yet so that'd be a great addition. Um, but I don't know my eyes have just been slightly turned by the other ones. Oh, well, see for me the, the the really good ones are the 40k ones. So we get six of these. The first one I'm I'm tempted by. Now it's no surprise I'm a fan of the squats and I <laughs> actually haven't painted any of the. Um, the Leagues of Votan kits, despite being resident squat. So they've got a Leagues of Votan box coming out with 10 Ironhair Hearthguard, an Ironhair Champion, a Hecaton Land Fortress, um, uh, Grimnir, and a Sagittar ATV. Mm. I played against the um, the Leagues of Votan during the tournament, and I was like, yeah, squats are cool. Yeah, they are. It's a really good box, this one. Yeah, really. And good. again, if you combined that with the um, with the uh, the what's it called, the Vanguard box, yeah, you'd have a pretty decent force. In some places, you can probably find that um, Votan launch box discounted as well because it's got yeah. the old book in it. So yeah. I really like this one. Uh, there's also the Beast Snagger Stampede, which is pretty much my orc army that I play at the minute. So this one has a uh, a Beast Boss on Squigasaur, twenty Beast Snagger boys. You get a unit of um, of uh, what are they called the 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 boy the orcs on squigs, uh, squig hog boys. Yes. boys and a knob on smasher squig, and you get the uh, kill rig as well. Yeah, I think this one is probably my favourite from the forty k because I mean I actually played against a, a beast snagger heavy well two beast snagger heavy. Uh, armies at the weekend of the team tournament and they were solid Matt. they you, although they don't look it like you look at them and you think you know i've got a tank army i'll be fine they've got so much especially those squig hog boys um where they've got like anti-vehicle four plus doing devastating wounds on the charge Phew, they were they were pretty tasty so yeah that's kind of um tempting me with this box yeah, that's pretty good. The next one's a bit of an odd one, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. The Cadian Defence Force. You are a Cadian, Dave. Uh, <laughs> this one contains 20 Cadian shock troops, a command squad, and two Rogal Dawns. I think if you have been tempted to get a Cadian army, this is a great place to start. Um, it, it is a bit of a... I, I think it's a great value box. I mean, those Rogal Dawns are they're expensive on their own. Um, before you add, it, it's a core of an army, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think that maybe I think maybe that's it. I think if you if you don't collect guard, this is probably a good box to pick up. If you already collect guard, I don't know if you'd maybe have too many Cadians because you've probably got quite a few already. Yeah, yeah, I don't think there's one for me. There's no appeal there at all because you're only ever going to want one command squad, really. Um, and you've probably got if you've got a Cadian army, you've got Cadians coming out of everywhere. So, yeah, if you if you're new to the army, then it's it's a great it's a great box. You know, I kind of wish the second squad of Cadians was swapped out for a Sentinel or a heavy weapon team or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's but, true. I mean, like I say, it's, 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 we don't know how much it is, but it, you're obviously going to get a discount on it. And it's definitely a good box to pick up if you're kind of indicate, you know, starting a Cadian army. But I don't know if it's maybe an ideal one for, for existing mm. players. And maybe that's the thing with all these boxes. They're not necessarily aimed at people like us. They're aimed at people who want to start an army, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, well, and maybe aimed at us in the, in the way that, new ready for the like new year new army yeah 
Um, the next one's pretty good, and I'm surprised you've not talked about this one more, Dave. The Space Marines Spearhead Force. So mm. this has 15 of the new jump pack intercessors, the new captain with jump pack, a invader ATV, and a unit of three outriders. Now you're doing Raven Guard. This seems like a very Raven Guardy box, and you could probably stick the outriders in the ATV on eBay if you didn't want them. Oh no, no, no! I'm after outriders in the oh, ATV. Oh yeah, oh, um, yeah. I, I think it's because I've already got the captain painted. Um, and the uh, one unit already of assault incessors with jump packs. Uh, I don't want a second captain with a jump pack, and I, I probably only need. I don't need another fifteen assault incessors. I, I probably need maybe five, ten max. Yeah. Um. So that's that's why I kind of discounted this box. It, you know, if I hadn't got those things already, you're absolutely right, Matt. This would have jumped to the top of my list. But because I've already got the captain in, in one unit, I've, I'm kind of going to skip this one. But yeah, no, it's a great it's a great box for for Raven Guard fans. I guess it's a bit niche that one, isn't it? It's very fast moving stuff. It looks yeah. cool though. Yeah. Um, the the Timonid one's very tempting for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this is a great looking box. So you get a Hive Tyrant. You can build it as a swarm lord. You can give him wings. That's always good. You get a Norn Emissary, mm. which is a brand new kit that's just come out. And you also get a box of the new Termagants, the new Hormagants, and the... Oh, sorry, tell a lie. You get 20 Hormagants, and you get a box of Gene Stealers. Again, all the brand new models. Um, I I want very much a big wave of Hormagants in my army, and I want a second Norn Emissary to build as a Norn Assimilator, and yeah. the Gene Stealers. I've got a load of Gene Stealers, but I'll probably use them in my Gene Stealer Cults army then as well. Yeah. Uh, and then a, another Hive Tyrant. I'd have every combination of um, Swarm Lord, Hive Tyrant with wings, Hive Tyrant without wings. This seems a really good box to me, especially yeah. if you combine that with the contents of the uh, the launch box as well. Yeah, I think I think this is one of the strongest. I mean, it's not not for me, um, but I think this is one of the strongest of the boxes for Christmas. Um, just with the pure, pure variety of units, and like you say, that the apart from the Hive Tyrant, you've got a brand new kit throughout. Yeah, it's it's so good. Uh, and then the final one is also a very very good kit. Um, the Exalted of the Red Angel. <laughs> you get ten Corn Berserkers, six Exalted, eight Bound, and Angron. Yeah, this is cool. This is a cool box. I really like that Angron model. He, he keeps making me look twice at the World Eaters, but I don't know if I could paint that many Berserkers. Um, but it's a great it's a great box. Not as much variety as some of the other ones, but no. you get a Primark. <laughs> you do get a Primark, yeah. So I, I think that's a really good box. So uh, out of all them, what would be your one? If you could buy one of them, what would you pick up? Uh, for AOS, I will probably go... This is a bit of a snap decision, but probably chaos. Nice. Um, and for forty k, I would be torn between the orcs and the world eaters. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say the orcs. The orcs, or for me, I think I'd go Bone Reapers AOS and the Tyranid box for forty k. Mm, nice. So yeah, we don't know when they're on pre-order. Presumably soon. Normally, the if I had to guess, I'd say end of November, ready for the Christmas period. But that mm. is just a guess. I don't know anything. Um, we've also had you, you. We spoke about a Primark, Dave. We've recently had um, Fulgrim 
go up for pre-order now i don't normally talk about like what's on pre-order at the minute but i think it was just worth stating how absolutely gorgeous this <laughs> kit looks the moment it was like, on the website i pre-ordered it so we will be doing a full uh, like unboxing and review as soon as it lands in my excited hands but um yeah it looks beautiful friend of the friend of the site uh pete allison sent us some snaps from the the cabinet in warhammer world and he looks even better like he looks quite a chunky boy doesn't he mm, he does he looks massive with those wings the wings look like it's like increases size by like 50 percent yeah they're gonna be difficult to transport and i'm gonna have to see how i put this thing together uh, i'm not gonna rush this one as well this is gonna be a, a a long-term bit of a 40th birthday treat for me so it might not be painted in five minutes but i want to make a decent job i hopefully it's for golden demon i want to stay right now matt i'm not touching it i'm gonna look at it from a good six foot diff, di- distance i'm not <laughs> i'm not touching that model i'm, I'm too scared just transporting him to Warhammer World scares me, but <laughs> if I can, he will be coming with us for December. So yeah. Excellent. And then finally, Dave, there was a bit of surprise. Some would say maybe controversial news today. So, Games Workshop previously had the the Games Workshop website where you could buy all the Citadel stuff and all your paints and everything, and then the Forge World website and. It, for as long as I've been playing the hobby, they've been separate. Forge was a lot better than it used to be, where you had a flat, what, 15% delivery fee mm-hmm. based on what was in your cart, which was really weird. Um, both websites have now come together, which is awesome news that you can just go on one store and buy your, I don't know, plastic Mark III Marines and Fulgrim at the same time. And you can use all your gift vouchers through there. And it's like free delivery over 40 quid. That's amazing. However, uh, what are your thoughts on the website, Dave? So a little bit of insight for for listeners who maybe don't know. But my real life job away from Sprues and Brews, I work for an e-commerce company. So I'd like to think I know quite a bit about online web stores, you know, what people do when they browse a website, you know, where they click um, conversions and and all that jazz. I won't get too boring. Um, I went, I spent probably about half an hour on the new games workshop. Well, warhammer.com today. And I am really disappointed, Matt. Um, I mean, what they've gone for is it's a very stylish looking website. So there's lots of animations. There's lots of images. There's a lot of large images. Um, but then, I mean, let's let's let me mention that my major my major gripe is the navigation of the website is it's unfortunately I'm going to have to use the word terrible. I just don't like it at all. Um, it's it's not intuitive. Um, it it's it's not straightforward. What we when you sort of design websites, you want to try and avoid using the back button. You want things to be able to flow quite nicely as you navigate through the website. You don't have that with the new Warhammer website. If you filter and look at one army, then you want to look at another army. You're basically having to go back to the beginning and starting again. Mm. It, 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 there's no, there's no clean way of, of going sort of backwards a step and changing your army. Um, I mean, what, what were your first impressions? What, what really stuck out for you? Clunky, clunky for me. I mean, I'm looking at it now on the web browser, and it is. It is more usable on a web browser than a mobile. You've got the little shop button in the top left, and that opens a sidebar where you can click by system. If you're doing that on mobile, that sidebar doesn't appear. 
So oh, well. one exa- one example. Maybe we it, it does look, look very slick with the videos playing at the top and everything and big images. To me, it kind of looks like this was designed to be used on a touchscreen terminal. Yeah. As if it was designed as an in-store order point website, which would be great, but I don't know if, know if that necessarily translates too well to usability on a on a computer or on your phone. Yeah, yeah. And one major one major factor uh, in website building at the moment is um, speed. I know it seems like a, a bit of a silly thing, but you, you lose quite a few people if your website takes more than a few seconds to load. Now, I've not done any speed tests or any um, SEO tests on Warhammer.com. I might do those geeky things tomorrow. I'm not sure. Um, but with the amount of animations in large, high-resolution images, that's going to bring the speed of the website down. Um, now, you, you've obviously got your third-party websites. I mean, I, I work for a website it's in a very competitive industry so we have a lot of competitors and if somebody takes too long on our website and they could go to one of our competitors and the same can be said for kind of warhammer but i guess they're in a little bit more of a luxury that they will sell warhammer items that you can only buy from their online store um so maybe they don't have to worry about competition as much well in fact 100 percent, they don't have to worry about um, competition as much because even if you went along to say element or whatever and bought from them they're still getting a kickback on it because they're buying stock from them um so they don't really have that concern um but um but yeah i mean i don't know who who designed it. it when i initially went on it i thought somebody had just had a lot of fun in dreamweaver 10 years ago um and that's kind of how they've, they've, Ooh. they've, they've, Ooh, they've um, brutal day sorry i know it i just i just don't like it matt um there's too much wasted space i tell you what's another big gripe i'm going on a bit of a rant now um is so when you're putting product images on you you want to keep your resolution you want it you need to strike a balance between having a good enough resolution that you can show off a product that people are going to want to buy but without pulling that speed down. Um, on the product listings on the new warhammer.com website, it has the thumbnails so you can select and view a larger image of, you know, there might be five or six images of um, of the models and pictures of the sprues and stuff. But then as you scroll down the page, they've then got them in the same high resolution as the, the, the thumbnail thing at the top of the screen that you have to then scroll past to get to the related. I, I, why is it there? I, I, yeah. you've got you've got them in the thumbnails for people to click into view why have you then why are you forcing them onto the web page to bring the speed down it just why are you duplicating it makes it makes no sense at all also all the 360 images have gone which um that is a big so when, when i'm painting i often use the games which website as reference yeah and it just seems madness not having those 360 pay now i guess yeah. maybe that's it's, it's bandwidth and if it loads all of them on every page, that's even slower then, isn't it? But yeah. you, don't to, you don't need to have them all loaded. You've got the thumbnails no. there for that. No. Um, so, again, everyone listening to the show knows that we're massive fans of Games which We always try to see the positive. I think this is a bit of a misstep, the website. Yeah. Um, when I was having a little nosy earlier, the one thing that I noticed is that pre-order day is going to be an absolute nightmare. Mm. So they've got a big banner with Fulgrim. So yeah, Fulgrim is up for pre-order. He's the big kind of big ticket, you know, 175 pound model um, for the for the Empress Children. If you click on that thumbnail, it takes you to a list of all recent releases for Horus Heresy. I think there's 116 items. So you scroll down it, you get to the bottom. Fulgrim's not even on that list. Wow. 
it just see. seems if you search for photography you get his page but it looks like it's just a broken link and I know a lot of people online have been disappointed that existing orders have disappeared from there. So mm. myself, for example, I ordered the the limited edition Siege of Terror book. I can't see that in my order history. Fulgrim, I can't see that in my order history. So obviously a lot of people have been concerned that these limited edition items are now lost to the ether. Games Workshop have said everybody's orders are safe and then they get loaded onto the new site in the next couple of days. Yeah. Uh, equally people's gift vouchers have disappeared as well and they're going to get loaded back onto the site for the next couple of days i can't help but feel all that should have been done before they turned the new site on yeah yeah i mean i don't i know a little bit of the logistics that go on um behind the scenes in regards to that but that that i'm sure there would have been a way to just merge those accounts and make it work even um, even if you had even if you had say for the last week you're not able to spend gift vouchers on games workshop mm, while they yeah. transition it over or something like that it just seems yeah. i don't know I also, I'm on a rant now, I'm going off complete tangent. I think for people who don't know Warhammer, I think it'll be harder to find things on this site than the old site. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. They've tried to make it simple, but it, it really hasn't, it really hasn't worked in my, in my opinion. Yeah. But, but Dave, we always try and find the positives, don't we? Yeah. Uh, the merging of the, the the games workshop side and the Forge World side, that's brilliant. There's been num- yeah. numerous times where I've needed to order stuff from both, and you end up paying shipping charges for one, or it's just nice to consolidate it all together so you're not paying any shipping. That's great yeah. as well. They've also reiterated their, um, their uh, guarantee, essentially. Mm. So if you buy anything from a games workshop store or a web store, and we've all done, we've all got cupboards full of models that we haven't opened for like years and years and years. And then you open it and then a sprue's missing or a piece is damaged. They will guarantee, as long as you've got proof of purchase, they will replace that kit. As long as it's the really current, current kit. That is very, very good. They technically they don't need to do that by like distance. You 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 know no. this, you know. Yeah. So uh, that is a really good thing, especially with like Forge World kits where you know, it, it, it could be a very expensive kit and you've not necessarily opened it because it's for a future project. In some areas, it'd be a right pain trying to get that sorted. Yeah. So I think that's a really big positive as well. Yeah. But I think a few tweaks and maybe getting rid of some of the massive images and giving it a bit of polish. It could be a really good store at the minute. Uh, I don't think it's there yet. No, I, I completely agree. Um, so, yeah. And then finally, one little bit of breaking news as well. Um, our friends over at Dark Fantastic Mills, their new Kickstarter, Jägerholm, has um, started. This looks really cool. Have you seen the kits, Dave? I have. They look amazing. So they've got, um, it's kind of like, you know, Norse kind of themed, isn't it? Um, interlocking wall system to build walls, interlocking hill system to build 3D hills. It looks really, really cool. And I can't wait to get my hands on some of this and have a play. Especially like the cool backdrops they've been doing as well. Like it absolutely works perfectly with their kits. It, really uh, it looks does. amazing. It looks really fit, uh, cinematic. So I think it, I think it hit its Kickstarter target within like forty minutes of going up. <laughs> um, so there's some some decent bargains to be had there. Excellent, excellent. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the news segment. But we do have the preview to chat about, and we're going to do that next. So we recently had the Warhammer Day preview and 
I've got to say, there was a, this was a really good preview event with some really cool stuff. Um, I think you were, were you travelling at the time, Dave, and were, were jumping in to see these as they happened? <laughs> I literally saw, like, the initial Necron stuff. I think Necrons were first, weren't they? Um, and then that was it. I, I missed the rest of it. I had to catch up later. Yeah, well, so it, it was a really, really good preview. I was impressed with what they showed off. Obviously, we've not got much of the year left, so I suspect this probably covers most of the releases we've got left for the year, but I reckon there's going to be a few surprises left in there. Uh, you mentioned the Necrons. As we know, that Codex Necrons is on the way, um, and one of the cool things they've done with the 40K Codexes is having the new, um, you know, the new different builds for the army. Um, detachments detachments yeah which really let you tailor your army and kind of the way you want to play them so interesting seeing that but the real exciting bit really was the uh the new model now they've actually showed off another one since then first of all at the event they showed off imatech the Stormlord. uh obviously this is another old model that's been given a new kind of um incarnation i think he looks really cool dave Oh, it looks amazing, Matt. I got to draw attention to his cloak um, with the scarabs crawling all over it. That's I think that's one of my favourite parts of the model, actually. That yeah. and the base he's standing on. I like the fact they've kind of stayed to the original pose quite a bit. I mean, for the most part, haven't they? Um, but updated him slightly. Yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. Yeah, well, he's not the only model coming for the Necron. So on Warhammer Community, they also showed off a new necron overlord and i've got to say out the two models it's this one that i really like oh i don't know if i've got a preference I, I do like this new one i mean usually i like a bit more of a combat pose um but i like the fact that he's got like bits of him missing like he's coming in and out of translocation um it's a tough one that is matt he looks cool though doesn't he he looks fantastic yeah we all like the bits of um energy kind of floating around him it's very cool yeah i do i do wonder if there are any more bits coming on. I, you know i'd love to see new tank or infantry kit maybe that's hoping a bit too much but um i know to be fair a lot of the a lot of the necron stuff that's kind of outstanding it's like resin characters isn't it a lot of resin characters i think the main from kind of the feeling i'm getting from the facebook groups is the main plastic unit people want to see replaced are the normal destroyers because obviously we had the new cool heavy destroyers yeah to um heavy weapons but you can still take the the normal destroyers and they they, they i mean that personally i think they're terrible models um so they could do with an update and the same with like the destroyer lord he's a really old yeah. model now as well there's quite a few of the characters that could do with an update so um yeah it'd be interesting to see if there's anything else to come but i have a feeling that this this might be it yeah, I mean, it, it looks cool, and I think this is probably what we're going to see with this edition of 40k as well. We saw similar in AOS where we get a lot of books out in quick succession with character models and then campaigns and stuff. We then see new units introduced, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. But let's guess. I mean, the, the other book that's kind of coming up alongside this is the um, Adeptus Mechanicus. And again, again, at this point, don't know if there's any more kits coming out, but <laughs> the model that was shown off is very much a Marmite kit, isn't it? It is a Marmite kit, Matt. And I think we've got the best two on the podcast for the um, for and against as well. We do, we do. So this is the Sidonian Scatros. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so where do we even start with this, Dave? It is a sniper on stilts. That's basically what it is. 
Snipers are cool, but they want to get really high so they can see things. So this guy just has really long legs so he can see. Uh, right. The idea of a specialist sniper <laughs> for the Adeptus Mechanicus is an amazing concept, right? I think that's perfect. But uh, I just think it looks terrible. I, 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 terrible I Honestly, day. yeah, I think it's... Uh, honestly, I will never buy this model. It's not <laughs> oh, for me is, at all. That is a strong it, quote. It, no, I don't like it at all. I I do like the top part of him, like the body part. I in particular like the the second head variant, which you can see on the the website with like more of the, like single visor, um, and the the weapon the the two weapons look cool, but those legs, it's just silly. I mean, I can't, no, I I can't even think of words. Like, how <laughs> does he just? If anything, Dave, I don't think the stilts are long enough. I, I'd extend that even further. You know what we're thinking? If you cut the legs at the joints and then have them like, kind of, you know, like a a, a baby deer where the legs mm. are all over the shop, and have him maybe like, is it? I, I picture him between two like buildings and using the legs to brace himself in place as he's shooting. Yeah, I guess. I, <laughs> no, I, I still think it. Look, I, I, I can't, I can't get on with it all. What about, um, what about, what about the the majesty of his exhaust pipe dangling between his legs? <laughs> what were they thinking? What were they thinking? I, I, I honestly, just, I'm, not even, I'm not even joking. I think this is an amazing model. <laughs> I'm like Paul opposites um, on this one. I, uh, I want to paint an orc war boss and charge him into this just so he can rugby tackle his legs, um, <laughs> and take him down. Uh, no, this honestly, this is this is not a model for me at all. So again, we don't know if there's any new stuff coming with it. This might be the only model, um, in which case people might be disappointed. I love him. I'm, I'm interested in seeing if there's any like big changes to the Mechanicum, because that was one of the factions where I think some people were disappointed from the index rules. Yeah, yeah, it needs a little bit of tweaking, doesn't it? I don't think it's performing very well in in the meta, which I know is not something where we particularly chase, but obviously a lot of people do. Um, it does need a little bit of a little bit of something. I, I'm very interested to see what the detachments are. I'd love to see, um, actually, ironically, a Sidonian kind of detachment where you see a lot of like the walkers um, and, and maybe some of the Castellan robots, more of the heavier stuff. And um, that could be quite cool. I know they, yeah. they hinted in the preview about um, a very Skitari heavy. So lots of foot troops, um, which is which is very cool. But I would like to see something that you know, maybe if more on the Castellan robots and the Sidonian dragoons. Yeah, and stuff. I, I'd like to go Cybernetica and have lots mm. of big chunky robots, robots and destroyers. I think it'd be the army I'd do. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there, there's there's two codexes that are coming out. Hopefully by the end of the year, and then into the new year. I think it's rapid fire books, then, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, yeah. Now for Age of Sigmar, this is going to be a, a bit of a different one because a lot of these were already up for pre order. But we did see um, Crit Bomb. We've already mentioned uh, the Lord Relictor. We also saw Belfanos, the first Colonel, and Dawnbringers 3. And we've actually got reviews of all these over on the uh, the website as well. The the Kernoth one sh- video should be going up this week, but we've got unboxings of, of all those kits and um, reviews of the Dawnbringers book. So uh, we won't dwell on these too long, but I just wanted to say, if you've not read the review... I I am loving this Dawnbringer series, Dave. Yeah, me too. The the since since we had the what was the first one? The Age of Sigmar. 
with Marafi. That was the uh, Broken Realms. That was it, yeah. Since then, I think it's only got better, the narrative for for Age of Sigmar, which is a big U-turn from, um, you know, when people kind of dismissing it as just having these, like, golden boys you know, fighting in, in, in these different realms. The, which, is the story ironic, Dave, which is ironic, Dave, because the storyline of this one is space, uh, Stormcast fighting Corn in the, uh, yeah, the realm of fire. It, it's so much more than that now, though, it isn't is. it? Because even in the Stormcast, there aren't, they aren't this, this shiny beacon of hope that they were when the game came out. They're actually quite dark and sinister. And I think the more we're, we're sort of delving into lore and Stormcast, the more of that is coming out. Yeah, I mean, you read the narrative of this one too, and I really liked the um, I forget his name, the the leader model from that original AOS box, the guy on the mount, Hammerhand. Yeah, the the kind of the, the bit of a conversation between Hammerhand and Critborn, where Hammerhand's fixated mm. with um, trying to take down the um, the Corn Lord, isn't he? Mm. Um, and and Cripborn's a bit concerned because he thinks this might be a side effect of the reforging, and obviously he's been sent by Sigma on secret tasks to to do other stuff there. And I, I, I'm interested to see how that develops in the storyline. Mm. Like, do do they just become broken, fixated nutcases? The Stormcast once they've been reforged one too many times. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the, so the storyline was cool. And we've got the fire slayers in there, and I know you painted some fire slayers recently, Dave, as well, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've really um, Yeah. So that that story thread was cool, but the one that really kind of appealed to me was in the realm of life, Gairan, where mm. we've got the Dawnbringer Crusade coming across the ogres, and then we've got the the kind of like Sylvanus side of the story. So yeah. we've got Belthanos, the first thorn, and essentially. He is the herald of Kernoth. So Kernoth is, I guess, the aspect of Orion, back from the mm-hmm. old world. Uh, Alariel's consort, who is thought to be dead, that she has been trying to regrow in the Oak of Ages. The the spell that started the Era of the Beast was Alariel trying to, to generate this big wave of life in order to bring him back. And obviously mm-hmm. it didn't work. Or we, we don't think it, or she doesn't think it works. And there's a few cool quotes during the book where... Mm, maybe it d- did work and it's just taking its time and one of the things with the sylvanus is that things work in seasons spring things are reborn then over the winter they die down and then they grow again which has kind of got parallels to the nurgle side as well which is investing garen as well mm. belthanos the first thorn is is essentially the herald of kernoth as long as he is alive the spirit of kernoth is still alive and legend says once Gairan is eradicated of all chaos. Kernoth can then reborn, be reborn. Ooh. So yeah, and we we also, and again, I don't want to go to spoilers too much because obviously the book isn't out yet. But we also see a bit of a council between some important characters, let's say, talking about how they can end the era of the beast as well. Which is a, what I suspect the the storyline will move on to next. We see the first part of that conflict and that battle happen in the book. Um, and then we we end on a, on a cliffhanger, which kind of ties in with the teaser that we saw for the Flesh Eater Courts, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. I think if, if, if there was any doubt from that teaser trailer, the end of this story kind of absolutely cements it. Yeah, so the book, I can't fault it. It's, it's a really good story. The models that will come out of side it are, are amazing too. And they've got some really fun rules as well. So both of the new models you can do, like their own mini factions. Mm. 
-hmm. So Balthanos, you can do an army of Colonel Hunters and Dragonflies and Arch Revenants, and they all get some a cool mechanic with the chords, where essentially the 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 song of the wild builds up after they do stuff. So they pick a unit to be the target of their hunt, and then based on like units within the same quarter or number of the the marks that they've killed, they then build up this song, which then gives them other bonuses, which I think is a really cool mechanic. Yeah. Meanwhile, Cryptborn um, can be taken as part of an entirely dragon army. Now, that is something that you can do at the minute in Age of Sigmar, but at the minute, due to battle line, you're going to have to take a Knight Draconis, three units of Stormdrake Guard, and then you might have some points to spend on another dragon or two. The new sub-faction lets you take Krondis and or Karazai as battle line too, which Ooh. opens up to you doing a really elite dragon force that looks cool. So I think off the top of my head, you can take Krondis, Karazai, Critborn, a unit of two Stormdrake Guard, and then a single Stormdrake. For a six-model army, all dragons all looking awesome. Yeah, that's that's a really fun sounding list. Yeah, so uh, and obviously there's a there's a there's a sublist for the ogres that really focuses more on the the classic ogres rather than all the um, thunder tusks and stuff. It, it, you can take the gorges as battle line, but it isn't a gorge army. You can still take your your balls, whatever they're called, gluttons they're called now, aren't they? They are. And yeah. uh, you know, lead belches and stuff. You can still take all that stuff. And their mechanic revolves around the moor. So instead of a moor pot, you take a moor pit. And then basically, in the review, I call it a giant game of the floor is lava. <laughs> so if a unit isn't within an inch of a terrain piece, there's a chance that a moor just opens up underneath your feet and does damage to you. And then a butcher who's kind of positioned on the moor can direct the moor to go and eat units. And a lot of their battle tactics are revolving around units being eaten by the moor. And that seems really fun to me because I prefer the kind of classic ogre infantry rather than all the, I, the um, thunder tusks and stuff. I am... Um... Going back a section when I was talking about Age of Sigma armies that I was tempted to do for December, the the ogres actually came up because of this, um, because of this um, these sub faction rules. I, I've always liked the ogres, and I've got a really cool ogre tyrant, which I was really proud of that I painted. Um, and like you, I do like you know I would probably have a a, 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 a stone horn in there if I could, but I do like all the gluttons and the iron guts and um, the new gorges and stuff. And yeah, it really appeals to me that that kind of army using these sub faction rules, very very tempting. Yeah, I kind of hope that's something that we see expanded in the fourth edition of Sigma. Obviously, forty k yeah. has gone that like, the other way, where it's more open. You can take what you like. I quite like these. You've got more restrictions, but you get some cool abilities. Like in that one, you can't take any more fangs. You can't take any mm. of your mammoths. It's just infantry. But yeah. it, it's got a different vibe to a traditional ogre army, which is that that's sub-faction's done right, isn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what is a sub-faction that was disappointing. Uh, you touched upon it. The Fire Slayers have got one as well. Um, now... I haven't played with the Fire Slayers, although, you know, I've, I've played a couple of models and I'm really tempted to do a small Fire Slayer army at some point. Their sub-faction rules seem to be a little bit subpar, which was a shame. They seem to centre a lot around the new Warcry Warband, which is a fantastic Warband. I really want to pick that up. Um, but in Age of Sigmar, they're, they're not so great. And 
you kind of centering a sub faction around them. And but it's it's based on Lofnir, which is one of the sub factions. So you can take any any yeah. models from the range. It, it, I personally think it's more magma drop heavy. Yeah. So it the is, main yeah. mechanic they've got is that they can use magma drops as transports. Yeah. Which is a really cool idea. So basically, if a unit hasn't moved, it hops on the back of the magma drop, it moves its full distance, and they hop off within six inches the other side. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But you're right; it's not got quite as much to it as the other sub factions in the book. Yeah, and I think some of the, from what I've read anyway, some of the relics and stuff and in, in the prayers from the original Fireslayer book that you don't have access to. The, the, they're really good, and and to not have those, they've kind of been replaced with ones that you like. You say more magma trap heavy, but they don't really make up for the prayers that you lose. So yeah, but uh, so that's a shame. I think mean, the other ones are really really good, and you also got the rules for the black talons in there as well, who are yes. quite expensive point wise, but they've got some really interesting mechanic. So um, black talon herself, um, she had an old model, didn't she? She did an existing model where now she's got a new one in this unit and the the i don't know if you've seen the sprues yet the way the sprues are laid out are quite cool where they've got the names of the characters on the sprue so you oh, know nice. who's who um she's got a really cool mechanic where after she has fought she can immediately teleport back to the rest of her little retinue oh nice so essentially you get three units here you get the eidneth who's a caster who's got some shenanigans that stops you from being shot you've got black talent herself and then you've got a little um, like three man unit of of like you know her companions from the uh, Warhammer TV show. Being all different units, they can operate independently, but they've got bonuses where they're together. Mm. But what's really cool is that you can have um, her three bodyguards sat on an objective or somewhere safe. You send her off on a suicide charge to go kill something, and then she teleports and snaps back to them where she gets some bonuses <laughs> against ward saves and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is a really nice... This is a, an army renown, isn't it? Rather than a, a sub-faction. Both. both. Uh, so, it both? So, so, so it's a it's a unit that you can take in a Stormcast list, or you can take it as a regiment of renown in any order army. Ah. I, I, mean, I mean, personally, I, I, I love the look of this warband to the point where I think I just want to buy them to paint them. Um, if I could get to use them in Stormcast army, then great. Like I said, maybe they're a, a bit expensive, but they are very, very cool. And I do want to pick these up at some point to, to paint them and have them with the rest of my Stormcast. Yeah, they're really cool. So that's a look at the, the Dawnbringers 3 stuff. Really excited to see how it goes. I don't know how many books it is at the minute. Now, the, the 40k one was five books, and it feels like there's a little bit of story left to go, doesn't it? It does. So, yeah, I presume this will probably lead into the fourth edition in the summer. So that's exciting. Uh, what's also exciting is the new season of um, Kill Team. Mm. Now, we saw this previewed back way back at um, Warhammer Fest. We got a little bit of a teaser, didn't we? We did. And there was a lot of speculation on what it was going. And someone pointed out in our, our comments on YouTube that one of my initial kind of thoughts off the top of my head was that this was going to be set in like an oil refinery or something out in the sea and it looks mm. like i was spot on with that mm. um unfortunately my the, the, the my hope was like jungle planet and catachins unless they brought some scuba gear i don't think we're going to see any <laughs> catachins in this season unfortunately no sadly not so it looks like they've gone for a different approach here where rather than being a big box with all the scenery in We've got a box with some bits of like scatter scenery, 
two armies and then all the scenery itself sold in a separate box, which is similar to the way they did the recent Kill Team. I don't know, I don't know what your thoughts are on this compared to a big box with everything in to splitting it into two separate boxes so you've got the options, but arguably both those boxes together is more than a big box would have been. Yeah. Um, I, I, I question why they've just put... Because, I mean, the scatter scenery is nice, but it, it really goes with, like, how they've set up the kind of, like you say, on like a ref, almost like a refinery at sea. Um, I wish they'd done it as one box. Because, you know, what you know, some people might be able to pick up the kill team box, but not the scenery. Or some people might be able to pick up the scenery and not the kill team box. Um, I, I mean, why didn't they just put the scatter scenery in with the scenery and just keep the two warbands in a box? If yeah, that makes more sense. The only thing I can think of is that the scenarios in the book relate to those specific scenery pieces. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. then you can use them on any battlefield. It doesn't necessarily have to be the the layout that you've got in the box that you can buy. Yeah. Um, hopefully, though, that's a sign that maybe we start off in the refinery, then we move into the jungle and we get some jungle scenery, then we move to a different environment. Because I think one of the... Uh, Gallo Dark was really cool. But I think there was like corridor fatigue by the fourth box of essentially the same scenery. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Where this means that they can release, the, you know, it's, they can still do multiple boxes during the year, but they can set it around a different kill team environment. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the big thing with this one, though, is the content. So we've got new Space Marine Scouts and Striking Scorpions, both of which look awesome kill teams, don't they? Oh, yeah, they look amazing. I mean, I'm... I've always, you know, I do like the Eldar, um, but, you know, never massively like, but these tracking scorpions, they look absolutely fantastic. They almost like they've been pulled straight out of Predator. Um, they do, don't they? Uh, and the scouts, I mean, we we saw the scouts a little while ago, didn't we? And I think you, Matt, suspected that um, they would be in a kill team box. And obviously when the Space Marine book went off for pre-order and all the kits, they were they were absent, so then it kind of yeah okay they're gonna be in a kill team box. Um, I can't wait to paint these as Raven Guard. Um, I know the Vanguard detachment in this new Space Marine book kind of centers around Phobos and Scouts, and that's probably how my army's gonna go. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to painting those. I'm sure Jay's really looking forward to painting those Scorpions. Yeah, it looks cool. I'm I'm intrigued to see what we get for future kill teams because i really want my mm. catchings but this is yeah. a cool box uh, and then there's only one tiny little game left to talk about from the preview <laughs> um and yeah so uh, you know the, the old world people have been looking forward to for a long time and we we knew it was coming and we kind of hoped it was going to be this year um i suspect that due to the delay of imperialis some of the release schedules shuffled around a little bit Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion that Imperialis was meant to come out a little while ago, and that was then going to get followed by a plastic Solar Exilia release for Horus Heresy. And then at the tail end of the year, we were going to get the old world. Now, unfortunately, with Imperialis missing in action, I suspect that Imperialis is now going to come at the end of the year, and that yeah. the Solar Exilia and the old world were bumped into next year and we've had confirmation of that where the old world is going to be one of the first releases for 2024 mm. now there's been a lot of noise online with a with a photoshopped picture of a twitter post of it's coming out in february if it was coming out in february warcom would have said in the article they wouldn't just put out a random tweet saying it's out in february so take that with a pinch of salt i've got a feeling this will probably be the first if not first couple of releases in in 2024 
it's yeah. prime Christmas money spending period, isn't it? It is. It is. Yeah. Um, they also confirmed that the you know the the, the two factions that are really going to get supporters at launch are the Bretonians and the Tomb Kings. Mm-hmm. And in the preview, we saw essentially the launch wave for the Bretonians. So this is going to be a mixture of new kits and old kits. I think that it's worth setting expectations with the old world. There will be new kits, but there'll be a few of them. Most mm. of it's going to be old kits re-released. Um, that said, the new kits look amazing. Uh, the Lord on Pegasus looks a really cool <sighs> kit that you can build as a Duke, a Baron, or a Battlestander Bearer. And I think this is probably something we'll see with all the character models in the uh, old world, because those battle standards and stuff were really important. But a lot of the existing models were limited edition models and box sets from like 20 years ago, weren't they? This 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 takes my mind back to, do you remember when, um, I think it was, I could be wrong here, but it gives me memories of when they released the High Elf, mage and you had like an on foot version and mounted version yep. and there were different options it kind of feels a bit like that again uh, yeah. i think there was a yeah obviously in in in, in warhammer fantasy there was more customization you, you had your magic items and more customization of your characters and characters were a big deal and from this kit being able to build basically three different characters with a load of different weapon options it gives you that freedom to construct your characters again i think it's going to be they've said this is going to be more kind of rules heavy and kind of crunchy in the same mm. way that heresy is a bit more rules heavy and crunchy than 40k for example you've got yeah. a bit more customization you've got a bit more you've got the granularity of different size units and stuff um yeah. i mean for the kit i i, I want to paint it dave it looks amazing. oh god it looks it looks brilliant i think this was my pick of what we saw for the old world um i was hoping we'd get some kind of lord on on pegasus and they've absolutely not disappointed i think every version looks great but i think the lord in particular looks awesome yeah and that's not the only kit there's also knights of the realm on foot and these Mm. guys look really cool too they do they look really really good i always wondered like why they never had them originally (laughs) you had obviously like the men at arms and then you had the the knights on horses but you had no on foot knights um so it's great they've kind of filled that gap yeah i mean that's it that that maybe the horse is in the garage or something i don't know (laughs) Um, but from a law point of view they could well be a knight but not be able to afford a mount Mm. and so march to war on foot and again the kit looks really really good um alongside this there's some old kits that are coming back so the pegasus knights mm-hmm. classic kit that still looks good the knights of the realm older kit that still looks okay uh, the men at arms which have got some charm the peasant bowmen they're all really really nice returning kits um and then the field trebuchet coming back in forge world resin so it mm. looks like in some cases rather than fine cast or the metal coming back and in some cases some of the metal is coming back They've actually kind of redone the kit in Forge World Resin to make it, uh, you know, higher quality. What are your thoughts on the, the 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 returning launch wave? And they have said that more kits will come in the future. But I suppose these are the building blocks that let you build an army if you haven't already these, got one. These are what I would call the essential units. So um, the the two kits I really wanted them to bring back was the Pegasus Knights and the Knights of the Realm, which they they have done. Um, it feels like a bit of a bonus that we've also got the men at arms and the uh, peasant bowmen as well as the the trebuchet. You're right; these are like 
if you think of Bretonians, you think of these key units. Um, so I'm I'm very pleased that they brought back exactly what I wanted them to bring back. Yeah, it's it, it looks it looks really really cool, and I can't wait to do one thing they did mention was having um, the boxes that come out with enough bottles to build a unit. So it looks like you know the knights in boxes of six, the bowmen, for example, in boxes of thirty-two. Again, I think that's a really cool thing that you don't necessarily need. Um, you know, lots of boxes to build your units. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's really cool. And then obviously we've got some models coming back. We've got the handmaiden of the lady and new resin kit as well, which looks really really cool. Along with you know, with the battle standard bearers and all sorts of cool stuff coming. I'm I almost really, really excited. Um, I almost forgot about the paladin that they they showed off. What well, well, it was back at Warhammer Fest now, um, with the like stag antlers. Yeah. I always forgot about him. He's he's an incredible model, and now it makes sense. Obviously, now we've got knights on foot. He was a bit of a kind of like, well, you know, what's he got to do? Is he just gonna walk alongside all these uh, these peasant men at arms? But now we can uh, kind of march alongside a unit of knights on foot now. Yeah, so I, it's really cool. I, I've loved all the stuff that I've seen. Obviously, we don't have details of the launch box. We'll probably get that a bit closer to the time. There's been rumours, and again, these are just rumours, that they're going to have two launch boxes, one for Bretonians with a book in, one for Tomb Kings with a book in. I, I, honestly, I think that would surprise me. I, I, I do expect us to get a big two-player box. Yeah, me too. Um, if they did, you know, one-player boxes, that's cool. But, I don't know, I, I personally can't see that happening. Um, but it leaves the door open for them doing, like, bundle boxes and... Um, like start collecting style boxes for the old world too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, we also got a little bit of news on how the game plays as well. So it's had a bit of a restructure, and we've now got four phases within a turn. So we've got the strategy phase, where you kind of rally units, you use special rules. I'm reading like command ability kind of stuff, as well yeah. as cast enchantment or hex spells. We've then got the movement phase where you declare your charges first and then do all your other movement stuff. And then you cast conveyance spells, the shooting phase where you shoot, and then you cast magic missile and vortex spells. And then the combat phase where everything kind of all the combat and acts. It's interesting that we haven't got a magic phase anymore. And that's now split between different phases. One of the worries that I had was that magic was just going to get dumbed down to a passive like aura or something where it looks like they, they've still got a cast value. There's still going to be some back and forth as people trying to cast and um, kind of uh, dispel spell effects. I do think that magic's going to be quite important in this edition. I think by the fact that there's so many different types of spells um, gives um, gives me the impression that there's going to be a lot of spells to choose from. I, I like the fact that the spells are spread out between the different stages of the battle rather than condensed all in one magic phase um yeah i'm I'm, i think that's just added to my excitement to be honest it also make i i envision there being different mages that specialize in different turns Mm. so before you took a level four wizard and gave him all the good spells but now maybe it's better to take two or three lower level wizards but each one specializes in a a different phase I do have this. I do have this vision of this mage. He's smartly dressed like an estate agent, and he's your conveyancer. And he goes around <laughs> doing all your conveyancing spells. I'm sure he won't look like that, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. 
So that's just a little snippet of, of the rules for the old world. I think we'll get more of this nearer to the release, but one of my big concerns with that magic was just going to be, you know, units within 12 inches of this wizard get to re-roll once they hit. Mm. And that was just on all the time. So I like the fact that we've got spell casting. We've got casting values on there, so presumably you're going to roll dice. We don't know if there's like a pool of dice that you can use yet. They also mentioned in the article as well that it's going to be as detailed and in some cases more complex than previous editions of the game as well. So one thing they point out is that the size of a unit affects your morale. So say if you've got a unit of 20 guys, once they're down to below 10 guys, you're minus one to leadership tests. Once they're down to below five guys, you can only pass on a double one. It makes sense though, because like if you're seeing masses of your mates get slaughtered, yeah, you're not going to be as heroic. Yeah, exactly. And also that gives you the balance in that then. If, okay, you can take small elite units, but it doesn't take many losses for you to have those difficult morale checks then. Absolutely not. So yeah, so more on that when we get it. But I think that is all the stuff that was covered on the uh, the preview. I, I think it was a really good show, Dave. I thought it was a really good show. Um, I think what excited me was, I think the past couple, there's not really been anything that was massively for me. Um, whereas this one, it felt like there was. Um, like I, I enjoyed, well, pretty much all of the shows. So, yeah, looking forward to. Um, I think the what I'm really looking forward to, Matt, next is hopefully getting the Necron Codex soon, and um, like you say, getting into next year. I'm, I'm, I think I'm finally on the hype train for the old world now. So, let's get playing some games of that. Are you on board now? Excellent. What what are you are you thinking, Bretonians? Then, Dave. I'm thinking of Bretonians. You 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 keep giving me this idea about maybe doing um some some vampire counts, which I know is not one of their focused armies, but um I do fancy painting some vampires. Yeah, so maybe I of, maybe I do that. A lot of people are like turning their noses up at the the quote marks unsupported armies. They're still getting army lists at launch, so I think they'll be just as playable. Yeah, they're going to be getting cool new releases, but if the game does well. It wouldn't surprise me if they released a them in the end. Yeah, we'll, we shall see. We shall see. Um, there was quite a lot shown off there, Matt. I think we should take a slight pause and come back and try and pick three of them. Um, so, yeah, we'll be right back. So that is what me and Matt have done. We have, we have, we have gone through all those reveals and we picked out our favourites. We have also asked the community for their top threes, which we're going to read out in the final segment of the show. But let's, um, we're going to do this slightly differently, Matt, because there is only me and you. Instead of reading them all out at once, let's do them one at a time. So, old Matt, school. I, old school, yeah. I would like to know your third choice. My third choice? Well, my third choice is a bit of a, a wider one. Yeah, it, It's unusual for me not to pick a model as all my choices in this one, but the book is so good. I've picked Dawnbringers 3 for my third choice. Mm, that's a that's a solid choice. It's a great book. It's really good. I, I, I've said this before. We kind of live for the narrative and the path to glory stuff. And we, we I think we've got some plans on doing some battle reports soon, haven't we, Dave? And I think we really should. Yes. Maybe play through the story. We've probably yeah. got the factions between us. We do. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. We, we definitely want to get more on the battle report um i mean it was one of the main reasons we we don't podcast as, as sort of regularly now because we had the intentions to use the the time that we would save to do battle reports but 
you know review content from 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 warhammer our own projects our own personalized have kind of taken up that gap but we're trying to claw some of that back so that we can do some more battle reports and we want to we want to you know we there's, there's hundreds of battle reports out for that out there for you guys to watch we're gonna hopefully aim for some of the more niche areas we're, we're thinking a lot of specialist games we'll tie them obviously into new releases maybe smaller scale games that we can kind of fit in but still do a really sort of high production job on so yeah you know keep an eye on our social channels and especially our youtube channel um i know me and matt have got a date um in the diaries haven't we matt for for a battle report um hopefully the first of many um especially kind of seeing out this year and getting into a proper rhythm next year so yeah watch the space i guess let us know what you want to see as well are we we're Mm. kind of envisioning more more about the story and the narrative and the cinematics rather than who wins or loses even yeah yeah absolutely we we want to we want to create battle reports which are really enjoyable to watch that that we can do in in kind of the time that we have um to to as high standard as possible so it's it's exciting times i, I basically just want to get a load of stuff painted you know i want i've got all these armies i want to use them and battle reports seems to be the absolute best way of doing that we've absolutely sidetracked but yeah <laughs> Tornbringers is an absolutely solid choice for your third um option there matt i've gone for model for my third choice and i have gone for the lord on pegasus for the bretonians Ooh, good choice um what a fantastic model i mean it, it, it was kind of between that and the battle bearer version but yeah, I think it's got to be the Lord with the proper medieval helm with his lance. Absolutely epic. I, I can it, sense you getting excited there, Dave. Uh, I'm getting very excited. I, th- I think, yeah, the, the, this guy and the previous models we've seen, like the Paladin, like the Battle Standard Bearer on horseback, um, the, the Knights of the Realm coming back, which I, I always love that kit. I'm so glad it's back. I, yeah, I don't even care that it's not been updated. I still love it. Um See, so yeah, I'm I'm starting to get very excited for the old world. So that absolutely is my my third choice. And um, what's your second choice, Matt? So my second choice is um, Ionus Cryptborn. Um, it is possible, and I I've been gushing about this for the last few weeks as I've been painting them up. I I fully intended on painting up the um, the cities of Sigmar side, like fully, but I wanted to give all my time to getting this dragon painted, mm. and I just fell in love with the kit, Dave. Yeah. It's it's so good. There, there's little things that... I, I don't think you've seen the kit in person yet, have you? I haven't yet, no. There's, there's little things like the, the dragon's perched on a piece of, like, fallen building, and his claws are kind of, like, wrapping around it. It's It, it just looks so good. It's I'd really like to see them redo Hammerhand, for example, and I forget his name, the, the, the bad guy out of the box. Um, oh, Corgus. Corgus Call. Yeah. I'd like to see all them get redone as part of this storyline because obviously we're we're building up to a big face off with them. And that'd be mm. a nice way of like closing the bracket of here's where Age of Sigma started and here it is now on the way into fourth edition. Oh, that sounds like or even have them as the main guys in the new launch box, maybe if they, uh, yeah. they re looked at Stormcast versus Corn. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be really, really cool. I mean, they're still nice models, in particular Hammerhand. Um, but yeah, I think what they could do with him now, yeah, absolutely would be absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, my second choice, uh, we're going to switch over to Warhammer 40,000. And Ooh. this model has split opinion from what I've seen in the Necron fan groups. 
Um, but I'm going to have to go for the Stormlord Imitech. Um, I like the pose of the last one anyway. Um, I'm glad they've not really changed it. There's just little things about him. He he just looks imposing. I love the thing like the sort of Necron architecture he's standing on, the little scarabs that's all over his base and his really nice cloak. Um, he's, he's a really, really nice model. I can't. I'm, I'm absolutely going to have to pick him up for my Necrons. Um, his rules are okay in the current book. I'm hoping they get revised in the Codex. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really like this model. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, I um, I think it's a really cool model. Um, it, it's it's a shame that we're not getting anything bigger, maybe. But I think, yeah. I think I think we need to set expectations. And I think for a lot of releases now... I think outside of like battle boxes and stuff, I think it's going to be a case of here's a new book and a character while they rattle yeah. through getting everyone up to date for 10th edition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what is your top choice, Matt? So my top choice was a hard one. I, I had the Pegasus down on my list. I had actually the re-release Bretonian models on my list as well. Mm. But distilling it down, I think the biggest news for me at the event was a firm release window for the old world. Yeah, we were we were kind of in limbo. We thought it was coming this year. As the months went on, that became less and less likely. The fact that we've got one of the first releases in 2024 being the old world, that's got me really excited. Like I say, I've been building dark elves for last week <laughs> with the intent of having them painted, ready for us to play some games in January. Yeah. So yeah, really really excited. I out of the two factions, I'd probably do the Tomb Kings, and obviously <laughs> we've not seen the details yet, but um. Like I say, I'm I'm all for being the bad guy. I'm going to collect all the evil armies for this one. You you guys can collect the elves and dwarves and humans. Do you think it's highly likely we'll see, as we've seen all the Bretonians now, we'll see all the Tomb Kings before 2023 ends? Absolutely, yeah. It wouldn't mm. surprise me. They normally do a big reveal on Christmas Eve, mm. don't they? Or Christmas Day. I think we'll see a big neck, a big. Uh, Tomb Kings reveal followed by a his reveal of the launch box or launch boxes whatever format it takes. Yeah. I yeah. think that's I think that's a given. Cool. Um, it kind of ends up as a bit of a what's it no because my top choice has already been mentioned. It's got to be Critborn. I mean, yeah. I'm a massive dragon fan anyway. This model. I mean, I've wanted to redo my Stormcast for a long time, and I've got quite a few sat built on my shelf, wanting some paint on them. As soon as I saw this guy, I was like, well, I clearly need to get my Stormcast done, don't I? So, um, yeah, I think if I can get onto the Stormcast soon, he'll be like the reward at the end. If I get like, you know, a thousand points of them painted up, I'll go and get this guy. Um, He's my favourite dragon so far in Age of Sigmar, I think. Um, He's really cool. You know what, it's kind of a bit of a predicament as well. Obviously, you've seen the model, and I've gone for more kind of like battered brasses and gold haven't i as opposed to the mm-hmm. shiny colors that the stormcast had on all the stuff and the official artwork is quite kind of you know worn and battered we've gone from the the stormcast being the like the shining light leading the fight against chaos to these guys have been through the war now and their armor's taken kind of a battering and i'm kind of tempted to repaint my stormcast in that kind of more worn scheme yeah yeah that sounds really good yeah sounds really good to me we we but we should we should both do rival storm hosts. We should, shouldn't we? That'd be really cool. Excellent. Well, they are our reveals, and that just leaves us with one small section just to close off this week's podcast. It's the community top three picks, and that's coming up next. 
So it feels almost like a lifetime ago that we asked the question to the community for their top three reveals. Uh, but it's finally time um, to read them out. And we're going to start over on Discord. So Chris S has gone for, in his third choice, the Duke on Pegasus. His second choice is Imatech. And his top choice is the Striking Scorpions, who actually very nearly made my list. Um, I was really tempted to add those Striking Scorpions. Really nice. Uh, Brian has gone for the Kernoff on Beetle. That's Belfinus. Um, his second choice is the Striking Scorpions. And his top choice is the Lord Relictron Dragon, a.k.a. Critborn. Johnny Lee has gone for Imatech in third place. He's gone for the Banabera on Pegasus as his second choice. And the Knight of the Realm on foot as his top choice. Oscuri has gone for the Trebuchet in Ooh. third choice. A second choice is the Men at Arms, the re-release. Uh, and his top choice is the Knights on Horses. I assume he means the Knight of the Realms coming back. Mm. Token Chuckles, he's gone for the Duke slash Baron on Pegasus. Imatech. And the Striking Scorpions. And finally on Discord, Stuart Jaggers has gone for the Bretonian Dude on Pegasus, the Stormcast Dude on Dragon in second place, and in top place, ah, oh, Stuart, why are you thinking? The Techno Dude on Stilts. <laughs> we're, we're definitely looking at two different top threes there, Stuart. Um, what do you have over on X, Matt? On X or Twitter, as I continue to call it. <laughs> um, Average Paints has got an excellent one. So number three, Ionis Critborn. Number two, Ionis's dragon. And number one, Ionis and his dragon. <laughs> he said the striking scorpions look pretty cool too, I guess. But that one model stole the show for me. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It's uh, amazing. The, Pal the Paladin Journal says the best model is a tie between the reborn Ionis and the Duke on Pegasus. Amazing sculpts with amazing paint jobs. Definitely highlights the entire preview. Yeah, a lot of love for Ionis Gripborn. I, I kind of want to paint another dragon now. I've actually mm. pulled out, um, I've got Kara's eye painted, and I pulled out Krondis to build up and paint. And then got, in the yeah. box, I get another two Storm Drake guards, so I might be painting dragons for the foreseeable. I've got <laughs> um, I've got um, Krondis to, to build and paint as well. I really need to crack on with those Stormcast. Sorry, Matt, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Over on Threads, uh uh, apologies for your string of random letters for your username. Says number three, the Scouts. Hopefully they're out this year. Um, the Necron Codex and Belthanos. Yeah, Belthanos is a gorgeous model. It's a shame we've not got Jay here because he painted him up. Yeah. But uh, it looks a nice model. And then Hobby Jackal says, I'm not a 40k player, but I'm all about those stilts. Hmm. Number three, Belthanos. Number two, the Knights of the Realm on foot. And number one, the greatest model in the Adeptus Mechanicus range, the Skatari Skatros. Good grief. I had, can't believe he's had any votes. Um, what I did miss was David Anderson over on Facebook. He's gone for all of the new Bretonian stuff in third place. Um, strong start for the first old world, old world faction. His second choice, going along the same lines as you, Matt, he's gone for book three of the ongoing Age of Sigma story. Mm. Some excellent changes for Sylvan F in this too. And his top choice is, of course, Critborn. Oh, yes, indeed. Yet another dragon to add to the Stormcast. Matt, that leads me to ask the question, what is the next podcast's top three? Well, with all the excitement about Jaegerholm from Dark Fantastic Mills, uh, we want to know your top three scenery pieces. And they can be Games Workshop, they can be 
dark fantastic they can be random ones that you've built yourself just your top three scenery pieces excellent you can get your choices in via our social media channels we will be putting a tweet a facebook post and a discord post out um calling for them in the next few days um and yeah we'll read out as many as we can on the next show which hopefully hopefully matt will be um a full team fingers crossed fingers crossed We'll, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see um, but it's been great to be back sorry it's been a, a little bit longer than uh, anticipated but we will be back very soon with another episode until then have a great time hobbying and we'll speak to you again very soon bye bye